What's up, everybody? It's Thursday here on Locked On ACC, so you know we are week eight previewing it here. We have got Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse in the building. We also got a little specialty for you, okay? Buddy Bayham apparently and his crew are feeling away about those ACC basketball preseason rankings, so we're going to talk to the expert himself. Can't wait to hear his insights. Here we go. ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome again. Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse in the building. Tyler, how's it going? I'm doing great. And even better after you tease, we're talking a little hoops today because basketball right around the corner. That's what this conference is, right? Especially now that Clemson's out of the playoff picture. We're all in a basketball season, I feel like, as a collective. Well, so like a word. Commissioner wants to let you guys know that this is a football conference. And we are He's going to kick me off the first. show. Everyone's trying to kick me off the show these days. I know. Background. We tried to get Tyler's name up here. Apparently, every haywire it's been a crazy week he begins to tell you how just everything's like okay if it can go wrong let's go wrong so we're just gonna try to make murphy's law week why not exactly exactly but of course we start the show always doing that weekly preview for games so we're gonna do week eight games we've got some good matchups coming up so we're gonna have a little atlantic talk then a little coastal talk and then finally get into some of that buddy bayham conversation cannot wait for that all right so of course i would love to start with your team syracuse who plays Virginia Tech <laughs> this week? I would love to start with, okay, are they going to win, lose by three for yet another week? <laughs> yep. Because if they are, just let me know. I got to mentally prepare. They got a, they've got some sort of streak going here, right? The last four games have all been decided by three points. They're one yeah. and three in those four games. And that's the thing is when you've got all of these close losses, some people say, oh, you're, you're knocking on the door or something. But when you lose three straight by three, I think there's little things in these games that are happening, whether it's special teams errors, whether it's coaching mistakes, execution. There are little things, clock management, another one. There are little things that are impacting the outcome of these games and not impacting them in the right way for Syracuse right now. Listen, we've had a Monday show, and I even gave Ken Gibbs a little extra time because we were talking about Dino, and I hate it had to be him, but I really feel like it has to be him. This is not even the team that we're supposed to be covering, but having Tyler here, I had to have the conversation. Dino's got to go, and I hate that that's the case, but you can't mismanage a clock like this in so many close situations. It's just not – it can't happen. I think part of it's his fault. Part of it's also the offensive coordinator, Sterling yeah. Gilbert's fault. And I think part of it also falls on the new quarterback too, Garrett Schrader. I don't know how quickly he's processing some of these things and getting his team moving with a little bit of flow and rhythm out there on the field. And I think the perfect example of that was the two-point play from a couple weeks ago against Wake Forest. They scored to go down by one point. They were going to, they had the chance to win it in regulation and go for two. They were yeah. geared up, ready to go for two. Play got in a little bit late. It seemed like Sterling didn't have the guy or uh, Garrett Schrader didn't have the guys already at the line of scrimmage. And yep. what do you know? You're, you're forced to take a delay a game and you can't even get that play off. So yeah. I think there's a lot of blame that can be thrown around and, and it's going to be Dino who ends up on the chopping block. It's certainly going to be Sterling Gilbert on the chopping block. I think the only coach I'll say there's two coaches on the staff that I think are safe. Tony White, the defensive coordinator who not only is safe, but he deserves a raise as well. And, and Nick Monroe, who's also a member of the defensive staff. 
Facts. Look, you know who else deserves a raise? Sean Tucker. Get him a better NIL deal. <laughs> who, who we got, right? He needs it Twitter. a bigger. That's, yes. Have you seen okay. your, uh, well, well, um, well, you know the the Sean Tucker tweets. He needs an NIL deal with Twitter with the way he's tweeting after these games. Very Absolutely. pleased with his performances both on and offline. <laughs> we love to hear that. All right, let's get into our games, though. Every week, Tyler covers these respective schools, and he gives us that good insight. Let's start with NC State and Miami. Miami's sitting here saying, listen, they're the same guys that we put 44 on. Clearly, we don't have to be worried. Tyler Van Dyke talking real loud noise here, and I'm just trying to say – this is not the same NC State team you played, buddy. And I hope no. that you know. I can't wait for the post-game content that's coming after NC State whoops up on the Hurricanes. Well, so they put up a, a 40 spot against UNC, right? But mm-hmm. to me, in terms of Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, that's the kid who didn't do much on the group pro- project but still got an A. The offense right. gets an A in that game against UNC for putting up over 40 points. But three picks from Van Dyke in that game? And you want to seal it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and you're doing all that stuff and and still not putting up like three. When you see 40 points on the board, you think 300 yard passing day automatically. And you didn't have that. And listen, this isn't an NC State team that you're going to be able to run all over. They're the 11th best rushing defense in the entire country. And for that reason, and that reason alone, I, I really think this is another bad matchup for Miami. And I really don't think that that they're going to be able to pull this off against a really stout running defense when you've had to lean on your running game a lot this season. Absolutely. And Daniel Joseph from their media presser today said they're pissed off for greatness. And then you talk trash, Miami. So that's just not a recipe. Also, NC State hasn't beat, Doran has not beat NC or Miami yet. And so he is itching for that after getting that Clemson monkey off of his back. I'm sure he's ready to knock this belt. Will we see a solo cup and cigar post game? We will have <laughs> to wait and see. All right, let's go to Clemson and Pittsburgh. A really good matchup. I thought it was going to be, you know, a more intense game going into the weekend, but clearly. Clemson is trying to tell me that their offense just isn't that great for whatever nope. reason. <laughs> nope. So I would love to know your thoughts. Do you think Kenny Pickett has a great game? Cause he struggled against Clemson in the past, but can he overcome that adversity and really shine on Saturday? Well, this isn't the same Kenny Pickett either. This is yeah. a Kenny Pickett that literally this could be his, the game that puts him into the Heisman race and mm. firmly puts him into the Heisman race okay. because we can talk all the junk we want about Clemson and what they've been this season. That defense is still championship caliber. The way that they've played this entire season have not allowed more than two touchdowns in regulation once this year. If he goes out and puts his foot down against this Clemson team, he's going to be at home. Everything's sort of working for him right here. He's seen them a few times in the past as well. I think that this is going to be one of those games where Kenny Pickett solidifies himself as a Heisman contender. If he can pick apart this Clemson defense, kind of like how he's been surgical in some of these other games this year, I think this could be a really big one of those highlight reel games for Kenny Pickett. Listen, I agree. He's certainly made himself enough money. And every week I say DJ might break out this game. He might have that game. But (laughs) I'm almost feeling like a broken record at this point. It seems to be that same sort of lackluster offense. They can't really get anything going. He seems frustrated. I'm curious to see if he sticks with Clemson after this season. Because nowadays you feel like if you don't get the love, you're not you know, having the highlight reels. If Maybe you have your offensive coordinator saying that you're distracted by NIL. Like what? At what point do you say, okay, this is not the place for me to thrive and be successful? That's an interesting point there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but DJ is a California kid. Mm-hmm. And 
that USC job's open right now. Could that be a, a tag team back to, yeah. to Southern Cal? I, I yeah. think that's a really interesting point that you bring up there. Another thing with this game, too, when's the last time Clemson has been a dog in an <laughs> ACC game? Because right. I'm, I'm thinking back last year, I can't remember the exact spread. I think they were favorites against Notre Dame, but I'm not even going to count that regardless. When's the last time they've been a dog? In it an probably ACC has to be game? 2014 when they weren't right at the top 25. But like, right. I just I can't even think of Clemson not being a dominant team. And this game underdog. opened as at a pick'em on BetOnline.ag and has now blossomed out to three mm-hmm. in favor of Pitt. So Pitt is a favorite for the first time in God knows how many years against a Clemson team. Well, I mean, they're gonna, they're going to blow it <laughs> or they're going to yeah. thrive. They're, you know, right. I think that's the way it goes. Like and it, I think, yeah. And if I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm walking in to my locker room and I'm putting the point spread on the whiteboard and saying, yeah. all right, guys, this is it. This, this is what Vegas and these quote-unquote odds makers think of us this year. So. Sure, and if I'm Narduzzi, I'm sitting here saying, this is the game that you solidify yourselves as being a true contender in this ACC conference. You tell these other people, all right, Pittsburgh, or be on notice for Pittsburgh because we are here and we're actually winning the games that people tell us, like, okay, we're, we're supposed to win. It could be a little dicey, but no. I want to see Kenny Pickett dominate, and I think that's going to be – Circle that one on your list for the weekend. And Clemson, too. Like, listen, it it reminds me of Florida State two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. Like, at the end of the day, they're still Clemson. They're still going to get everyone's best shot. And that Mm -hmm. works against them tremendously this year when you don't have the horses offensively to complement what you're doing on defense. Like, Florida State a couple years ago, they were still getting everyone's best shot because it was Florida State. Right. But guess what? They didn't have the players out there. That, that could put together those sort of performances to, and be a true contender game in and game out. Very true. That's a really excellent point because I think that in the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of people that are on Clemson's head still would love nothing more to, right? If you get dominated in one season and you come back and be able to whoop on, that's a great story for the kids. All right, final game to talk about. Louisville, Boston College, okay? Boston College coming off that loss against NC State. They're feeling away. They're trying to get their momentum back, their confidence back. They're trying not to lose hope in Grossell, even though it's getting a little close. Louisville is having some great moments, but they can't quite put a full game together like dominate performance could that be this weekend i'm worried because this is what we've kind of worried about with boston college where it was the the old paul feinbaum adage they ain't played anyone paul like (laughs) that was the beginning of the season for boston college right yeah yeah, and and now they're starting to see oh okay we played against a couple ranked teams and not only are we losing but we're getting blown out in some of these games too And, and they're a solid defense but They've lost their last two big tests, and this is a big, high-flying offense. And that worries me against Boston College. Absolutely. And I think Grossell is definitely going to have to have a better game. But it really sucks that you just keep going back to, man, if Phil was here, we'd be having a different conversation. But I think it's Mm -hmm. also on Coach Halfley, right? You are are learning how to be a better coach because of this season. Because you didn't think this was going to happen, and now you're going to have to step up in a big way. And he's got to be happy this is year two as opposed to year four or five. Because (laughs) if it was year four or five, that's when you start to feel the heat coming down. But year two, the quarterback gets injured. You're going to give him a big-time pass at the moment. No doubt. We've got some coastal teams to go over here in just a bit, but I want to make sure you guys are well aware of sweat block for a few weeks. Now we've been talking about sweat block, these wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And it seems that people have been listening. We have friends on locked on who tried it and absolutely stuck 
absolutely loved it. We got a soccer player here, a success story where he really loved to go out every single time on the field and make sure that he was rocking and rolling, but he would be drenched to be the wettest guy on the field on games and in practices. So he thought he'd give Sweatbox a try. He tried it on his pits in the next practice. They were completely dry while everything else was wet. Guess he should have tried it on the other parts. Maybe. Okay, cool. He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days, and now he is a true believer. There you go. Locked on listeners loving sweat block. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use because it's doctor created and doctor recommended. This dry shirt guaranteed. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you definitely will get your money back. No, not just for armpits, for chest, back, hands, and feet, and everywhere else. And I do mean anywhere else. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com or use promo code locked on or at CVS and Amazon. All right, rocking and rolling here with Tyler Aki from Locked on Syracuse. Make sure you guys follow him and his crew. They give you some great content on those orange men and women every single day. Now let's get to the coastal side of things, okay? Miami, we talked about they're playing NC State, but Georgia Tech, they have a great game here. They coming off a bye playing Virginia, or playing Virginia, Virginia who just beat trampled on Duke, right? They're feeling themselves. But as we know in the Coastal, it's anybody's game. Can Jeff Sims find some accuracy this go-round? Can he try and match Brennan Armstrong's energy? Can these defenses kind of help each other, help their offense out, right? We've seen some strong defenses from Georgia Tech at times, and clearly, you know, Virginia's defense did their thing against Duke, but it's Duke. So I don't know if that says a lot about that. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I look at Georgia Tech here, and and right now they are ranked ninth in the ACC in passing yards allowed. However, I think that's a very skewed number. I I think Mm. they're much worse than that. When you look Mm. at their last three games, each of those games have they've allowed at least 290 yards through the air and at least two touchdowns, including a four touchdown let up in one of those Mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. So Jeff Sims and and Jameer Gibbs, you're going to have to go shot for shot with this Virginia offense. Yeah, not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. You're, You're exactly right. And and that's what worries me is because we know Virginia's got the aerial attack to pretty much have their way with almost any defense. And this Georgia Tech team, I think, has a lot more warts defensively than people may realize because of what's happened the last three weeks. They've, ter- they've certainly gotten bears. Right? They've seen flashes of them having great moments when they played against Carolina. They, cer- they certainly dominated. But when you look at matchups where they don't feel confident, it seems like things shift. You almost lost to a Duke team, like mm-hmm. very much so. And it was everything but Duke being silly is the reason why you came and squeaked away with the win. And I think that I don't know if it's on Coach Collins. I don't know if, you know, you have so much confidence in Jeff Sims or Jameer Gibbs is playing all right, but he's maybe having the confidence. He's thinking that uh, Jeff Sims is going to be the go-to guy when it comes to that. I would just love to know. I still don't feel like I know the identity of this Yellow Jacket squad. That's a good point because, I mean, you bring up the the identity and everything. Like, this is a group that certainly probably came away from that Clemson game with a little bit of confidence. You didn't mm-hmm. win. You didn't look great offensively. And we, we've seen the deficiencies that Clemson carries offensively, but you still held them to 14 points. Any one of these games can be the one where Clemson goes crazy offensively on you. Right. And maybe, maybe this is a fool's errand at this point with, with us and talking about that, but... It, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of five-star talent on that offense. Who knows? One game, they might put it all together. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think that is going to be interesting just from a coastal division standpoint. Everyone still has a shot, technically. There's always still hope because we're still only in week eight, but it's getting real slim. And people are, I think Virginia is definitely going to have to come out with the win here if they want to be at the top of that conversation. But going back to that game that we mentioned at the top of the hour, talking about Syracuse, but from a coastal perspective, talking about Virginia Tech, right? They were supposed to be this team that came out with full force energy after beating Carolina. They had some great games. They were a close matchup against West Virginia. And then you start having this slippery slope, right? You're losing to Notre Dame. And now you're coming up against a Syracuse team that is desperate <laughs> for a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you going to make sure that you stay focused and you don't, especially with a beat up Burmeister, you stay focused and you try and squeak out a win here? The defense has to step up for Virginia Tech. If you turn this game into a rock fight, you give yourself a chance. If you turn this game into a track meet, heavy advantage Syracuse. And yeah. you look at the way that Syracuse has run the ball. I mean, if for Virginia Tech, get ahead and get ahead early because <laughs> Syracuse cannot throw the football right now, especially when they are really called upon late in games, two-minute drills, all that stuff. They really struggle to move the ball down the field because you can't run the ball necessarily in these two-minute drills and these two-minute yeah. offenses, and that's really hurt them this season. So you can let up some yards rushing to Syracuse. Like the, during the stretch – where they've lost these three games in ACC play, the Orange have run for 239, 354, and 165. Like Those are bonkers numbers for, for a rushing attack, and you're losing those games. So you it's can be ran on. completely maddening. Exactly. <laughs> you can be ran on and still win the game, but yeah. you, you cannot turn this into a high-scoring affair. If you hold Syracuse to some field goals, you do really well with your third-down defense, I think you're going to put yourself in a solid spot. And... I mean, Blacksburg should be rocking. Um, this is a game that both of these teams, I think, really, really need this for this season and for their head coaches. And it's not like Syracuse going on the road is an impossible to squeak out a win. Like, they had opportunities. Like, they should have won that FSU matchup, right? But I think it's, for me, okay, if Schrader can't run, then and I think that Virginia Tech defense is able to contain him, then what are you going to do, right? Who are you going to go to if he's not doing well? Like, that's the biggest question for me. He doesn't have con- – he doesn't – show confidence in his arm whatsoever. what i say all the time <laughs> is that he is he is mitchell trubisky like he, he is the college mitchell trubisky Ooh. right now like, <laughs> sorry sorry to deliver a shot right there um he's not the unc mitchell trubisky he's the right. professional football mitchell trubisky he cannot yeah. throw unless you cut the field in half with him and even then he, he's not the greatest uh, he, he's not accurate doesn't look confident in himself and, and he's got a, some young offensive linemen in front of him that you see a lot of heels going backwards with them, yeah. which is yeah. never a good recipe for a quarterback who doesn't have a lot of confidence thrown from the pocket. I'm wondering if last game, sorry to bring up Syracuse again, but I mean, I have you here. If I wonder if the last game, that was Tommy DeVito's last straw. I don't, like, I don't or know if he was. He's he transferred. Was, yeah. Right, right. But I yeah, wonder was. If when he wasn't being put in, in some throwing situations, he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. F this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you guys need Do me. you blame him? I mean, yeah. this goes back to the Liberty game. I, and a lot of people, this has been a big debate, but I think Tommy's gotten a really raw deal at Syracuse. Mm. They've never developed an offensive line in front of him. He's the most sacked quarterback in the Power Five over the last three seasons. And for a guy who's supposed to be a pocket passer, pro-style quarterback, guess what? You're going to need an offensive line. And there's a couple instances. I think back to that first game, okay, when, when they named Garrett Schrader the starter, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, Tommy wasn't told until like an hour or two before they left on the bus. Wow. I mean, wow. that should be something that's solidified in practice the week of. 
Yeah. Step number two, there's a, a play in that Liberty game where Garrett Schrader's helmet came off, meaning he would have to leave the field and, and Tommy would have to come in. They could have had Tommy come in and hand off to an All-American level running back and then bring Garrett in the next play. Dino opted to call a timeout so he could get Schrader back out there. I mean, that and then you're going to have this guy against Clemson. Schrader can do one thing as a quarterback, and that's run the football. Yeah, You're going to have him air it out 37 times against a vaunted Clemson defense. That's the last straw for him. I mean, can you blame him for transferring after that game? Absolutely not. That is the straw that broke the camel's back. Hell, if I'm if I'm Sean Tucker, I'm over here like, wait a minute now. <laughs> like, why am I not running more? Because clearly that's what's working, coach. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a frustrating three seasons for, yeah. for Tommy DeVito, whether it was injuries, offensive line play, and I think he got a raw deal. Now, he was also given a lot of hype coming in. He is mm-hmm. – I, I don't know if he's the biggest recruit Dino Babers has had at Syracuse, yeah. but he's the most important. Because mm-hmm. this is this four-star quarterback who came in, and Tommy was loyal to you all along. He he rose up the rankings late in his recruiting process to the point where he was getting SEC offers. He was getting Big 12 offers, Big 10 offers. And guess what? He stayed loyal to Dino. And I don't yeah. think Dino did right by him over his four years at Syracuse. That's really tough. I hate to hear that because, again, I always try and vouch for Dino, but he's not giving me – you're adding fuel to make me say he got to go. So, like, damn. Damn, Tyler. That's fine. Okay, whatever. We got to switch gears. We got to pivot and go to the hard – What? no, I was going to say hardcore, but, like, I tried to, like, be cool and hip. F that. I know. I got to know who I am, right? And that is not cool when it comes to basketball. But I'm learning because clearly our conference is that. So whatever. All right. We're going to talk a little ACC basketball here in just a bit. But I got to remind you guys about Rock Auto, the family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. If you explore their easy-to-use website today, you can find the solution for your auto part needs. Don't spend time and money wasting up for the same parts from a chainsaw or car dealership. It's simply silly. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. When you go to their website right now, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Please visit rockauto.com. We're back and better than ever with a new bet online. It remains your number one spot for basketball and football action. As Tyler mentioned, we have some great games rolling out here. We have some really good matchups. He mentioned that Pittsburgh and Clemson line, and I'm sure there are more that you guys can get in on the action. So head to that new website, sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, baseball, football, and more from your favorite casino, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, we're wrapping up the show here today. And, of course, we had the Atlantic and Coastal Division matchups talked about. But now we got to switch gears and talk about a little ACC basketball, the one that everyone seems to love so dear. I cannot believe that we're already in basketball season. But we have some preseason awards, <laughs> right, to go over and talk about. And I would just, on a, on a grand scale, when you saw the list come out, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, I, I was pretty – I wasn't – there wasn't anything that was too alarming to me that stuck out. I, I think th- this is a really tough, not just ACC, but really every Power Five conference cycle to hand out a lot of these preseason awards because 
these coaches aren't necessarily familiar with all of these guys because of the transfer portal. There's right. so many important transfers littered throughout the conference on every single team. That's really tough. And you look at all these guys that are on a lot of these first and second teams. It's a lot of guys that are returning from last mm -hmm. year. you got some freshmen sprinkled in there, but there's a little more known quantities there with freshmen as opposed to some of the transfers. So I'm really intrigued with a couple of races. I think the player of the year race is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, Paulo Banchero picked as the preseason player of the year, but it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me when I looked at the, some of the voting and Buddy Beheim had 16 more votes than the next highest vote getter for all ACC first team. Mm -hmm. Yet Paulo Banchero is the preseason player of the year. When there's that stark of a difference between the leading vote getter for all ACC and the all ACC and, and the ACC preseason player of the year, that's when my, my radar goes up a little bit and thinking ah, that doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Well, for the record, I voted for Buddy, but anywho, thank you. See, <laughs> I, I try to earn brownie points with you, and now you're trying to earn brownie points with me. <laughs> Buddy Bayheim from Syracuse, Keith Aluma from Virginia Tech, Paolo Banchero from Duke, Armando Baycott from North Carolina, and Isaiah Wong from Miami. Is this oh. the year Armando puts it together? Is this you finally know, the year? Damn it. If he don't, then I can't, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Right. Because if you can't, I just, I want consistency. Like if you consistently mm -hmm. put up solid numbers, respect, but if you give me flashes where I'm like, damn, he gives me Dayron sharp energy. And then there's games where you can't even make two back two buckets. I'm upset <laughs> because yeah. if you're supposed to be the leader, I mean, hell, as much as Garrison Brooks struggled and he regressed his second, his returning year, I think that his leadership throughout when they were down bad as a squad really showed why he should have gotten preseason player of the year. Right. I think as a young man, he just really exemplified what you want to see out of a senior member of your team. Armando, you're a junior now, bro. Like we don't have time, especially with Hubert Davis being new to the head coaching game. We don't have time for you not to get it. Like you have to be vocal. You have to be able to execute, you know, you cannot go missing when it matters most. So I yeah. think that's my biggest thing for him, but when it comes to preseason player of the year and Paolo gets it, I was sitting here like, let me go go back and do some like highlights because one thing's for certain, two things for sure. A Duke player is always going to get a some sort of top spot. Right. And that's why they got the you know team uh, ACC preseason poll. They scored first with 47 number one votes. Florida State being second, North Carolina being third, which was extremely strange to me. And then I'm going to round out top Virginia and Virginia Tech. I personally – did not have Carolina that high. I don't know why people have Carolina that high. And I want to know who gave Carolina five votes to be number one. It ain't going to happen. I'll be surprised. You're not – really, you'd be surprised yeah. if they won the ACC this year. Absolutely. Regular season? Absolutely. Re okay, regular season. Even tournament. Yeah, new new head coach. Uh, yeah, it's probably tough. Um, it, again, it depends on a lot of development there, right? Like, is Caleb Love going to be able to shoot the basketball? Um, mm -hmm. Leaky Black, all, all that stuff. Dar Dawson Garcia, I think you should be excited about. That, that's a nice player you've got coming in from Marquette. I'm but, excited about Brady. I think and Brady, Brady Manic, yeah, and yeah. Justin McCoy. I mean, there's a lot of transfers coming in. There's a lot, yeah. and not just transfers. Transfers from power conferences, transfers from some teams that have had success as well when you look at Oklahoma and Virginia. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be excited there, but it's the unknown, which I think is the great word that you can use to describe the ACC this year. Like Duke was picked to finish first, okay? You want to have a little stat about Duke? They returned <laughs> nobody that averaged yeah. double figures from a season ago. Nobody. They're the only team in the conference that can say that right now. 
And yet, they're chosen. But they're always chosen first in regular season or preseason polls, and they never finish. It's, I think it's been like nine years since they've actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Matt, mm, that was the word I'm looking for, but I'm going to keep rolling. It's been a long time since they actually came out on top. So I think that's just, you know, it's Duke, it's Coach K's last year. I, I mean, I like yeah, so you brought it up there. The amount of pressure on these kids this season, if they don't, get, if they don't send Coach K out on top, they're going to be looked at as a failure, as a grand failure. There's never, never been more pressure on a Duke team than this year. You know, I think the Fab Four or Fab Five or whatever it was when they had the Zions and the Cam Reddishes of the world. But that was RJ. developed. That, like, developed into that pressure that was built in. This okay. season, Okay. the pressure is preseason. It, start, it started the second Jeff Goodman broke the news that Coach K, this was going to be his last season. That's fair. I also think when you see how much the tickets are going for that Carolina Duke game at the end of the year, they pulled off a four pack for a million dollars or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's Jeez. it's absolutely nuts. But I also think like Florida State would like a word. Leonard Hamilton would like yeah, a word. I mean, <laughs> talk about a model of consistency. It's unbelievable. Right. And, yeah. and he's got some new new players in there. Like, yeah, you lost Scotty Barnes. Now they are a little bit younger, and they're going to be mm-hmm. starting some freshmen here, which is something that. Leonard Hamilton doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I even right. look at a guy like Patrick Williams, who ended up being a what was he, the fourth overall pick in the NBA draft, but he didn't start on that team. Right. Scotty Barnes barely started last season. So <laughs> it's just the way that Leonard Hamilton rolls. And does he have the guys that can come in? He's got some transfers on this team that I'm actually pretty excited about. When yeah. you look at Caleb Mills, a guy who played in the final four last year, when you look at Cameron Fletcher, a guy who things just didn't work out at Kentucky. But I trust that Leonard Hamilton can bring these guys in and get them right. Absolutely. And I think I look at Coach Bennett and I look at Mr. Clark over there at Virginia and I'm like, okay, they are getting giving me reload energy as well. They're not coming in with any slouches. Yeah, they lost Justin McCoy, but that man barely played. I think that they're also a team to keep your eye on because of their consistency in the way – North Carolina has played them the past couple years or whether a Duke has played them close. Like it's anybody's game. And I don't know why people act like it's going to be anything different than what we're seeing here in football. Like everyone had me hype on Mac Brown and look at the hell that's going on. So <laughs> I refuse well, to get hype on Carolina. I think Virginia is another super interesting team this year. Yeah. You bring back Kihei, like you mentioned, yep. super vital player guy who, I mean, we talk everything about everyone else in these player of the years. Kihei Clark could win player of the year in the ACC. Absolutely. And then the new, pieces you bring in armand franklin was a really quality piece at indiana and the guy i'm excited about is Jaden gardner who yep. comes in from eastern carolina averaged over 18 points per game there and you can say oh, it's ecu they're one of the worst teams in the aac okay there's a final four team in the aac last yeah. season and, and yeah. Jaden gardner he goes up against some good competition in the aac memphis is in the conference i mean it's not a slouch of a conference really it's it's getting better and better every year obviously they're going to lose some members in the near future and i don't think the replenishments are going to be as good as the departeds but i think Jaden gardner is a really quality player and if, if he, he he could have gone pretty much anywhere in the nation that he wanted to he picked Absolutely. to go to virginia but you know i think the team that do a lot better than a lot of people say is Boston College. Like I think listening okay. to Coach Grant, I, everyone's like, "Oh, well, f you know Boston." Oh, you're College. bought in. 
I you're bought I in on the Earl. I think he enjoys kind of being wanting to shift and move the program forward, but more importantly, like I think that he has bought in with the guys a lot. Having some of the players from College of Charleston transfer up there, I think that you know it says a lot about a coach when people want to follow you. So I think it is going to be a lot. Better. They're going to do a lot better than people think. I think also Coach Forbes from Wake Forest, like they were in a lot of games last season, and Coach Forbes talked. And they about played with them. a lot of young players last year too. Here's here's that. the team that I, no, I think is a real sleeper in, in the ACC this year. It's Notre Dame. Yeah. I think Notre Dame could do some nice things this year. I like Mike Bray as a coach, um, and and he has a ton of experience. Just looking at his starting lineup here, everyone's a redshirt junior or older. So everyone's Mm -hmm. had four years in a college basketball system. You bring back a guy who could be all – I look at this roster. Who's my guy? The guy, the tall tall one who could shoot a three like his name. Nate Leshesky. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he 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 can stroke it. I I really like him. I mean, I'm looking at across the board. They bring in Paul Atkinson as mm-hmm. a transfer. I think he, he he's coming over from Yale. Yep. I think he could be a really really strong player for this uh, Notre Dame team. But you look across the board. I'm looking right now at their stats from last season. Okay, and, and for Atkinson, the stats were with Yale. But the the lowest score in the starting lineup is Cormac Ryan, and he averaged 9.9 points per game last season. Mm-hmm. This is a team that if they can figure things out defensively and play a much stronger brand of defense, they're going to be in contention, I think, to be one of the top four teams in the ACC. I think the experience is there. You've got some bench support as well. There's depth on this. I, I really, really like this Notre Dame team, and I think they're being slept on. Fair enough. There's a lot of good basketball conversation that's clearly going to be happening throughout the season. I can't wait to get into that. And truthfully, I'm ready for the Coach K's and the Coach Roy Williams of the world to go ahead so we can really. <laughs> and Coach Bayheim, like, no offense. I'm ready for all of the old heads to go so we can just really have this. Okay, who's it going to be? <laughs> Throw it on the wall. Make it stick. You just got to get your, you know, hot take out there. There it is. But, you know, we'll have plenty of time for that soon enough. Tyler, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, man. It's always good to talk some football, basketball with you. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Check us out, Locked on Syracuse, every single weekday. We're also on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. And we're on YouTube, too. Subscribe to us there on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. And you can find myself at Tyler, A-K-I underscore. Yeah, I mean, guys, I don't know why you don't follow Locked on Syracuse, but you should. I was looking on their channel the other day, following along with the games, and they be they be getting it. They're, they have a nice fan base. I appreciate y'all. Wait till basketball the season. Interact. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet until basketball season comes. Between basketball and you having to talk about the next coach, I think it's going to be a fun time for y'all. Oh, there. so that we've got that later on today on the Locked Ooh. On Syracuse podcast. We're talking all things coaches because there, there's some Coach O buzz in, in the neighborhood right now. Very interesting. I it's, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So check out our episode today and we're, we dive into all things coaching for the Syracuse team. No we, doubt. We've essentially ushered Dino out of the door already. I'm just He's saying. He's probably back next year, but like, what, what, but why not? Why not have a little bit of Might fun? Might as well. Shake it up there. All right. Well, you guys got to come back on Friday because it's Freestyle Friday. Drizzy Drake in the building. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We're getting you ready betting-wise for your week ahead. Don't want to miss that one. Until next time, this is Candace Cooper and Tyler Aki.